You're listening to the Dogaritaville Podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Lily. We are two dog professionals with two different styles, two different backgrounds, and two common goals. To drink delicious margaritas and talk about dogs. Welcome to Dogaritaville. Welcome to episode 20 of the Dogaritaville podcast. Today we are talking about different types of equipment and drinking pomegranate themed margaritas. For every episode, each of us does our best to create a delicious margarita around our theme. We post the recipes on Instagram so you can try them at home. And if you have an idea for a theme, you can let us know. Our recipes always differ so you have some variety to choose from. So I moved the Q&A up because I was tired of it being at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> Already. Um, so today's question comes from my friend Gina, who shockingly has a reactive dog. Uh, <laughs> and she says, how come some dogs are great with other dogs off leash, but turn into grumbly mohawky maniacs when they are on leash? <laughs> and I just really liked the verb mohawky. I also really liked it. <laughs> I guess it's an adjective. I don't know. No, we'll call it a verb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Um, I love this question, and it is a good question. And I would say definitely check out our episode on leash reactivity because we dive into it a lot more in that episode. But basically, dogs prefer to interact with things in a way that is different from how humans interact with things because humans just kind of walk straight towards stuff and walk straight past stuff and <laughs> don't interact with things at all maybe and dogs would rather approach from the side and kind of take their time use their body language to communicate the whole way and when they're on a leash those options just get taken away from them and they have to walk in a straight line and they can't decide how they want to act interact with something and so basically they just don't have agency over that situation and that's either frustrating or scary for them so leash reactive dogs will often have poor leash skills in general and if we can teach our dogs what it means to be on a leash in general, it usually helps to create context for seeing other dogs while they're on leash. And that would be my guess about, like, if your dog is friendly with other dogs but reactive to dogs on leash, like, my guess would be most of your work will just be leash work. Yeah, so I just, I I really like the way you just said uh, humans just walk straight towards stuff. <laughs> <laughs> because... Because it's so simple, but that's literally it. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Like, we just fucking walk into shit, and that's not normal, right? <laughs> I mean, it's normal for us, but it's not normal to animals. <laughs> like, they're like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't just walk into things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's just there's a comedy, a comic strip in there somewhere. That's so good. Uh, <laughs> um, so actually. I agree with you that nine times out of ten it is just leash work and stuff like that. Um, But her dog, Asher, I've worked with for a very long time. And he's been uh, reactive on leash since he was a baby. Hmm. Um, And his leash work has been a struggle, don't get me wrong, but we worked on leash work for like months and months. And his leash work is actually now pretty decent. Hmm. Um, But it's still a constant battle with the reactivity. And it's super frustrating because, um, I mean, his mom is the main slash only person that walks him, but like, he won't, he doesn't do that to me. Like, he comes on my pack walks. Oh, interesting. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. 
So I don't know if it's like a protection thing or what. Um, or I mean, obviously she's not as strict as I am, so that's probably part of it too. But <laughs> but yeah, his uh, we worked on leech work for a long time, and he's definitely he's not as reactive as he was for sure. Um, but I think part of it is too that like he knows that he can get away with some shit sometimes. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, more to your point, and it's like a general concept. Yeah, it's you know leeches aren't natural. Um, and that that's not the way that they would introduce themselves to a dog and that's not how they would interact with a dog so it's very awkward and it creates a lot of frustration or fear um but yeah i mean reactivity never means that your dog is not dog friendly obviously if you don't know your dog is dog friendly and it's reactive i'm not saying that it is dog friendly but (laughs) if your dog is dog reactive that doesn't equate to it not being dog friendly um but yeah, I mean, it just boils down to it's not a natural thing for them to do. It Like, they would never just walk past another dog and not look at it or say hi. Right. <laughs> that is not something that they would voluntarily or naturally do uh, and add in their person and a, a restriction like a leash. And that's that's going to give you some feels. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I'm hoping to be moving- situated soon. <laughs> She's moving her camera around to interesting angles. Uh, <laughs> I can't figure out how to have the computer on my lap and also be elevating my boot. <laughs> so I'm just moving around a little bit. <laughs> um, so those of you that don't know, Lily broke her ankle. <laughs> yep. And she is uh, indisposed, if you will. Mm. Um. But yeah, um, dogs are reactive on leash because it's a weird thing and place to do, to be. You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So that's that. And yeah, I didn't even think about going to listen to our uh, leash reactivity episode. Good call. Yeah, that's a good one. call. And also, Asher is the best, so don't even talk shit on him. Uh... (laughs) I was planning on talking shit about um, him, so good thing he said something. No, no, that was to Gina. Oh, okay. She talks shit on. She talks shit about him all the time, and I'm like, leave him alone. Uh, <laughs> he is a dick, though. Don't get me wrong. That's why I like him. Uh, <laughs> shocking, I know. Um, uh, I'm not good with transitions, so I'm leaving that for you. Okay. I changed my mind. <laughs> so there's our Q&A about why some dogs are friendly off-leash but unfriendly on-leash. And we'll take a break here. When we get back, we will start talking about training equipment. Margarita check. Laura, how did you make your pomegranate margarita today? Oh, I'm so excited. Um... <laughs> I did two ounces of tequila, one juice lime, one ounce pomegranate syrup, which felt like a lot, but I'm not mad about it. Uh, And then a generous ounce of triple set. (laughs) All right. And then I didn't do agave because I thought the pomegranate syrup was going to be way too sweet. And I wouldn't say it's way too sweet. I could definitely get away with a little bit of agave, but it's not here. So, you know. Pomegranate ended up being a little bit of a tart flavor. Yeah, but it's, I don't know. Mine is kind of sweet. I don't know if it's, I don't know. 
I mean, I would imagine pomegranate syrup is just pomegranate and sugar. I would think so. I don't know what else it would be. Um, I don't. It's weird. Like every sip is a little different. Some of them seem kind of sweet, and some of them are really tart. So hmm. it's an adventure. Fun. Uh, <laughs> you made yours a little bit differently, yeah. Yeah. So I cannot drink alcohol right now. Um. Which, oh, really? Oh. Yeah. That makes sense. So, I so mean, but I, also, uh, like, just get fucked up. <laughs> sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My understanding is that I could die, but... Um, oh, <laughs> I see. I thought you would just get, like, shit-faced. Oh, no, I think th- I think that you can die. Um. So I have... I just made juice, basically. <laughs> I, I juiced one lime. How is it? <laughs> it's It's fine. <laughs> Um, and then I added, I just wrote some amount of pomegranate juice because I didn't measure it. I just kind of dumped it in and then a whole can of pineapple juice and I shook it over ice and I'm currently um, taking it with a hydrocodone. So that's, uh, that's the tequila substitute. I would have never thought to add pineapple juice and that sounds amazing. Pineapple and pomegranate. Mm-hmm. It's actually really good. Yeah. How do you feel like it would be with tequila in it? Good. Um, so in a weird way, I feel like the tequila would almost like smooth it out a little bit because the pomegranate is super tart and then the pineapple juice is really sweet. And so like right now, both of them are just kind of happening at the same time, but I feel like tequila (laughs) might smooth it a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a good call. We'll have to revisit this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, pomegranate juice is tart as shit. Mm-hmm. The syrup is not. So my parents have a pomegranate tree, and they made a bunch of pomegranate jam and pomegranate syrup, hence this episode. Uh- <laughs> oh, so you're using homemade syrup? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and the jam is so good. <laughs> that sounds really good. I have like two jars, and the first one's already almost gone, and I have not had it very long. <laughs> It's a delight. Uh, but now I want to, I just threw out my pineapple juice because I was like, I'm never going to use this again. <laughs> Damn it. So in this segment, we are going to do just a general rundown on the different types of available training equipment. And we'll probably pause to talk about some things, but maybe not other things, just because of our background and experience with each piece of equipment. And our primary intention is not to ascribe moral value to each piece of equipment, but we are us so we definitely will be doing that (laughs) i I was like wait it's not (laughs) also this is not an exhaustive list because there's just so much stuff available out there um it's pretty pretty expansive though i will say it it, it's a good list it's a good list but it was everything i could possibly think of. i just don't want people hopping in our dms being like well what about this you know (laughs) um so don't do that that will annoy me um do it (laughs) Uh, so in this segment, we're just going to kind of do a general rundown on equipment. And then in the next segment, we'll discuss which equipment we personally use and recommend. And for now, let's just jump into this big list. So for collars, uh, flat collars, which are your kind of normal stereotypical collar, uh, they usually have a buckle or a clip. Uh, martingale collars, which are almost the exact same as flat collars, except that they have a tightening mechanism, I guess is what you would call that. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) 
uh, a chain collar or a wide chain, which I'm not fully clear on what that is or what it's for, but chain collars uh, <laughs> or choke collars as they're more commonly referred to. Prong collars, which the plastic collars, I always the plastic prong collars, I always thought were called correction collars, but I actually couldn't find them called that anywhere officially. Huh. Uh, yeah. Why would weird. there be a different name for them? I don't know, but I guess it's just called a brand of collar. Um, so prong collars, you can get plastic or metal, apparently. You can also now get them in gold. Uh, <laughs> oh. and, and, and black, which is my favorite. But okay. anyways, um, electric collars, which are shot collars or training collars, uh, are kind of their common names. Spray collar, which is usually like a bark collar or citronella collar. Or there's also a bark collar, which can be... Bark collars can be spray, electric, vibrate. They could be pretty different. So um, kind of electric collars, spray collars, and bark collars can all kind of live together a little bit. Yeah. Um, yep. I think, that's, so I think that's it for collars. Should we like just do like a little overview of collars in general? Like just kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to make this more interesting. Yeah, so collar. <laughs> <laughs> um. so, so, like for a flat or you know a flat collar, that's mostly not going to be used as a training tool by like most trainers. That's going to be like an but, identification collar, right? But the average owner walks their dog on a flat collar. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, a martingale collar. So the the um, what did you call it? A tightening mechanism. Yeah. That is like intended to work as some sort of a correction. Um, but and and most of these collars, if they're just being used by the average dog owner, are probably not being used the way they're intended to be used, just to be totally clear. Yeah. So So uh, I don't know I I don't know what they were originally intended for other than I mean, as far as I know, Martingales were originally intended for like greyhounds so that they couldn't slip out of it. Oh, okay. As far as I know, and I could be wrong, because like I said, I did not research any of this. I was supposed to. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But as far as I know, martingales were created for dogs whose head are smaller than their neck. (laughs) Okay. Like like greyhounds and iggies and stuff like that, um, because they can slip out of everything, like Peter. (laughs) um peter has slipped out of everything i've ever put him in he's even slipped out of a martingale Uh (laughs) well i feel like you'd have to have that on pretty tight for him to not be able to slip out of it he has a tiny tiny pinhead (laughs) yeah um yeah and if it's not fitted correctly they can still slip out of it but um so yeah i don't know that they were actually built for correction i think they were built more for a anti-escape type device oh that's interesting either either one of us could be right we'll probably never know (laughs) (laughs) um but yes a lot of people do use it nowadays as a correction uh same as like a chain collar yeah and so then that brings us on to chain collar so chain collars are are used like that's their entire purpose is to be a corrective tool yep Yep. And um, we wrote down wide chain collar. And after researching that, I'm pretty sure all that is is a normal chain collar, but for a long-haired dog, so it doesn't... Is that what it is? Yeah. I think it's just so it doesn't snag their hair. I see short-haired dogs in it all the time. And I was like, is this some sort of different, like, 
methodology? Is there like a different theory behind this? And I wasn't quite sure. But yeah, when I was looking it up, because I looked it up really briefly just to make this list. Uh, and it did. It just kept saying like fur saver, long haired dog thing. And I was like, but I've actually ne- never seen a long haired dog in it. I usually see like Malinois and shit in it. So I was like, hmm. it's got to be different. Maybe that's just like the millennial version of a chain collar. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like a trendy yeah you know what's what i never knew about chain collars and i thought was really interesting is uh and this is again just like what i was told by a random trainer so not factual necessarily uh (laughs) but i've heard it from multiple people they call them choke chains because they're essentially martingales without a stop so a martingale you can only close as so much like you shouldn't if it's fit correctly it should tighten to the point that they can't escape, but not to the point where you can choke them out, right? Right. Which, to be clear, you can choke a dog out on any collar. Right. Um, but anyways. <laughs> so, like, even though the chain can tighten as, like, beyond choking them, um, the actual, like, methodology behind the chain is actually the noise. Oh. So, like, when you, like, t- the whole point, and this was, like, um, when I was working with Doberman Rescue, because Doberman people use chains a lot, which is weird to me. Um, but uh, that's what they said. They said it's not, you're not tightening it to the point of applying pressure. You're tightening it so that the chain against the chain makes the noise, and that's their signal of, like, hey. Well, wouldn't it be great if we could just add a mechanism that stopped it from choking the shit out of them then? (laughs) That's like not the point. Well, and I don't know. I mean, obviously that's got to be part of the point or it wouldn't be designed that way. But I just had never, I never had any idea that noise was even remotely a part of it. But if you meet a dog that's trained on a chain, like 100%, the second they hear that noise, they're like, what? It's fucking weird. Yeah. (laughs) And this is a good point to reiterate that like Lily and I, neither one of us is big on aversive. So we don't know a lot about these things. Right. Yeah. That's important to know. Uh, just don't, don't at me if that's wrong. But <laughs> but also just like you wouldn't take our word for granted. Also don't take the word of an aversive trainer for granted. Like actually Google yeah. it yourself because they will tell you like, oh, it doesn't actually hurt or whatever the fuck they're going to yeah. say about it. So Static. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and then yeah (laughs) so prongs uh lily is anti-prong i'm not anti-prong however the plastic prong makes me want to kill myself it's so fucking stupid it's like i i just you're just ashamed of the fact that you're using a prong and it's in my opinion worse than a prong Hmm. like the metal prong scourging the environment (laughs) also yeah i mean that that wasn't my thought but yeah (laughs) um so the plastic one is like like sharp plastic triangles Hmm. which to me is a lot more aversive than a metal prong like it's so fucking stupid i fucking hate them just get a real prong and call it a fucking day like (laughs) god damn it um, and then um, for some background on prongs, those are also <laughs> most likely not being used correctly by um, the average anyone, dog owner. Anyone because, ever. <laughs> well, and so like, we, you know, when I was growing up, we had our dog on a prong collar and we, and I will say we got this information from a trainer. So like, this is the best that we could do is like follow the advice of a trainer. But that, but we thought that we just walked him on it 
like a normal collar. And if he pulled, he would stop pulling. Like, that's what we thought it was. It was like a yeah. no-pull tool. Um, but it's supposed to be, like, really nice and high up on the neck and, like, used with a jerk, like, as a correction for a specific Yeah, behavior. it's meant they uh, – I've always heard it referred to as a pop. Right. Uh, so you're supposed to pop it. Like, that's the whole – and that's what I tell people because a lot of the times when I have a new client, their dog's already in a prong. And I'm like, for me, the way that I train, I'm like, we can keep them in the prong. That's up to you. Or we could do this, this, or this. Uh, whatever you're most comfortable with, blah, blah, blah. But if we're going to use the prong, we're not going to keep using it like this. Right. <laughs> and for the record, when I use prongs, I I won't say I never, but I generally also do not pop them. Because you generally don't need to. You are supposed to. That is how they are designed. That is what they are meant to do is be popped. Well, how are they beneficial for you, though, if you're not popping them? Um, it's just easier with pressure and it gives you the upper hand. So, like, if I put pressure on a normal collar or even a martingale, half of my dogs will be like, fuck you. Hmm. I'm still not listening. Go fuck yourself. But if I apply gentle pressure with a prong, they're like, what do you need? Um, and I don't use prongs a ton. Um, I use it a lot. I guess not a lot. But I use it more regularly with my boarding trains because they are rescue dogs that I have to be able to pass off to the average owner that has no skills. Right. And are not going not going to spend the time training. And these are big dogs that usually have some sort of aggression issue. And so I need them in something that anybody can use. And will stop them in an emergency. <laughs> sure. um, feel how you want about that. But, <laughs> ow, god damn. Jesus, I don't know which one of that was. But they just fucking, they... <laughs> They were nudging my hand for petting, and they, like, nudged it into the bolt of the microphone, <laughs> and it hurt. Um, yeah. But anyways, prongs. Um, so I've heard a lot of bullshit about, like, it's supposed to mimic the mom's mouth oh, or something, no, which is, like, maybe that's accurate, and maybe that is how they were designed, but that's the dumbest shit I've no, ever heard. absolutely Your dog, not. No. there's nothing, no equipment you can put on your dog that's going to make them think you're their mom. No. <laughs> it's, it's just not going to happen. It works the exact same way a slip lead works. If it's high and it's tight, they have no fucking neck muscles there, and they literally cannot fight you. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's all it is. It doesn't matter if it's a prong or a slip lead. Obviously, a prong is uh, more uncomfortable or more aversive. So they're going to listen more to a prong than even a slip lead because some dogs don't give a fuck if they can't breathe. But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't know what the the whole mother's mother's bite thing is about prongs, but. I'm going to go ahead and say it's it's fucking dumb. We can use that to segue <laughs> into electric collars or shock collars because that's exactly fucking like that. Oh, it's just like a TENS unit. Like. <laughs> it's so dumb. Yeah, no. I don't know. Um, so same thing. I'm not anti-training uh, collar or shock collar. Lily is. Um, I'm not trained on them. I don't know how they work. I don't know how you're supposed to technically use them. Um, but I'm not opposed to them. I would like to learn. Um, so same thing that I've heard with like prongs is, um, you're supposed to be using it in more of like a positive way, which I'm sure Lily is going to roll her eyes at, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, what are you rewarding your dog for by shocking it? Exactly. (laughs) Well, so, and again, not trained on them, so I don't know. 
but as far as I understand it, you're supposed to like pair it with the command so that when they do the action, it stops the aversive, right? So like you say sit and like vibrate or shock them or, or static as some might say, uh, <laughs> before you static them. So like you would say sit and buzz it. And as soon as they sit, the buzz stops, right? So I think that's... So that's negative reinforcement for those of us, or for those of you who remember our training methods sure. episode in the four quadrants, <laughs> negative reinforcement. Um, but so you're supposed to use it more in that like positive of like doing what I say gets the bad thing to stop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than a lot of people that just go buy one and don't work with a trainer or work with a shitty trainer, which is more likely, um, where it's just like, oh, they did something bad and I shock the fuck out of them. It's like, well, that's going to work in theory. <laughs> Uh, and we won't go into that argument of how it doesn't really work, but <laughs> um, you can use it that way. It is used that way in certain situations, but that's not how it's designed to be, like, trained, really. Um, yeah, we won't go too much farther into that. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, check out our training methods episode. Um, I mean, obviously, we, we're just always going to be giving our opinions throughout every podcast because otherwise, I don't even know why you'd listen to it. It would be boring. Um, but we won't dive too deep just because we've already done this episode before, basically on, on, um, whether or not we would use them. So go listen to episode two for that information. And then, um, citronella or spray collars are supposed to be like the humane version of electric collars. I don't know. They like so hilarious. They like spray vinegar or citronella (laughs) or something else at your dog that they don't like when, uh, it's I, I can't even continue with the sentence. It's, it's so, like the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. So my whole thing, I hate them. I think they're so fucking stupid. One, like, I don't want my dog fucking covered in citronella or vinegar all the time. Right. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't need my dog to smell like shit. Thanks. They're just so dumb. I just hate everything about them. Um, so I think they're like the positive version of an aversive because they're not shocking them and. Like, because a lot of positive trainers will still use, like, spray bottles and shit. So this is, like... Oh, we didn't put spray bottles on here. Yeah, there's a reason. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason we didn't put spray bottles on there. I'm adding. Um, Okay. Uh, (laughs) And I'll add cans of pennies, too. Yeah. Oh, God, shake cans. Um, I have a good story about that. Uh, (laughs) um, Put chains on there, too, while you're at it. (laughs) Um, yeah like besides a collar no like a big ass fucking chain that you would buy at home depot i'll I'll tell you the story when we get to shake cans and chains but this is reminding me that i also forgot bonkers (laughs) no (laughs) don't do it i did it that motherfucker popped up on my instagram in some sort of an ad or something and i was so mad all over again um anyways spray collars are dumb neither of us like them don't use them they're just stupid they're a waste of your time and money uh either boss up and be an aversive or learn your shit and don't be an aversive but let's don't use that call bullshit. It bossing up let's <laughs> just <laughs> okay sorry not but <laughs> either own up to the fact that you're giving up and using an aversive there you go or <laughs> there it is learn your shit do your homework and <laughs> do it uh anyways I I use bark collar, so I'm not anti bark collar. 
Almost every dog in this motherfucker has its own bark collar. But spray collars are just dumb. They're not as effective. They stink is my big thing. And they make your dog sticky. Like, I don't... (laughs) It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Just get a bark collar for fuck's sake. Uh, Which leads us to bark collars. (laughs) Bark collar. Which, as I understand it, is just a collar that buzzes your dog when it barks. Is that all it is? Yeah. Yep. So um, there's like varying levels, right? So like the first bark, it'll beep. The second bark, it'll buzz. The third, the third bark, it'll shock. Okay. Uh, and they, they're usually leveled. So like the ones that I have, I think are one through five. Um, so like Peter, is, only wears one at a one, uh, because he is extremely sensitive and it traumatizes him. But motherfucker won't shut up. So, uh, <laughs> um. Um, so he just wears it out of one, and usually if it even beeps at him, he completely stops and is like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and to be clear, they do not wear them when I'm home because when I'm home, they don't bark. So there's nothing I can do if I'm not here, and they have to wear them. Uh, and I have eight dogs, so I can't call have animal control called for eight dogs barking when I'm not home. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Peter just wears one, but, like, Doobie and Noble, who are the dynamic separation anxiety duo, um, they will bark for eight hours if I am gone for eight hours. They do not give a fuck. Uh, it doesn't matter if I leave music. It doesn't matter if they've exercised. <laughs> they will bark as long as I am gone, no matter what. Uh, and those motherfuckers are at a five, and it will shock the fuck out of them over and over and over, and they just bark right on through it. Well, these It's a real... It's a real good time. I'm glad that that's working out so well. Yeah. It's great. But yeah, so bark collars, uh, they try to do a noise aversive first, then uh, vibrate, and then they go to a shock. Uh, and you can vary the level that they're that they're out depending on the dog. If you have a sensitive dog or if your dog gives no fucks, then if you figure that out, let me know because these motherfuckers. Uh <laughs> Uh, I think that's every every collar that I can think of. Yeah, I think so. So I think we can move on. To if there's one we missed, let us know because I'm intrigued. If there's one that's not on here, yeah, same here. Okay, so that brings us to harnesses. Um, so I'll just run through the list really quick, and then we can sort of just talk about harnesses in general. So. For the um, record, though, I did really want to have a segment where, like, you said front clip harness, and we would go, loved it, hated it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that, but we will give our opinions now. <laughs> we should have done it for collars. That would have been the best one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so for harnesses, there's front front clip, back clip, dual clip, and I think I've even seen side clip before, too. So there's all yeah there's all sorts of places that you can clip on your harness um there's sport and mushing harnesses so like something that you would have your dog pull you or pull something with um a martingale harness which i hadn't heard of before laura wrote it down a slip lead harness martingale harness yeah you have an easy walk as a martingale harness oh really i didn't know that because it it, it cinches isn't that what mooney used to have way back years ago yeah, yeah I, the way I that it's in that is a martingale Gale. harness. Yeah, well, okay. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're called. That's what I do. That's just what I call them. <laughs> well, then there we go. I do know what a martingale harness is. <laughs> um, a slip lead harness, which um, 
I've only seen people use them like in shelters to get dogs out to the yard quickly. Uh, I don't know that I've seen it any other context. Um, Which is also technically a martingale harness, but yeah. And then easy walk harness, which I wrote down because I didn't realize that is a martingale harness. (laughs) Um, A vest harness, which is exactly what it sounds like. And then H, X, and Y harnesses, which just refer to the shape that the harness goes across the dog's body. That's what blows my mind. The different shapes? Yeah. I had never heard of that until like the last like year or so and blew my mind. I was like, wait, what? And then this is not really a harness, but we also have on here head halters and gentle leaders. So there's the rundown, and then we can just kind of, I don't know, go over Isn't it? Um, I have barely eaten today, so this margarita is hitting me hard, so I'm going to start <laughs> going on tangents. Uh, <laughs> um, but isn't it interesting that, like, certain brands have such a market on shit that like that's what the entire genre is called like gentle leader is just a brand but that is what every head halter is called hmm. yeah like isn't that fucking gr- or like all martingale harnesses are called easy walks because that's just like what everybody knows them as hmm. it's bananas anyways moving on <laughs> yeah that is interesting yeah it's just that blows my mind from like a marketing perspective of like how fucking good you have to be at your job that you just take over an entire fucking genre of things (laughs) so i don't know that we need to go over this as in depth as we went over collars because collars were you know oh i've got i've got some opinion (laughs) they had a little more variety to them but um with harnesses like they're all pretty much self-explanatory i have some feelings about head halters um and otherwise Um, i'll just say that i really like i have my preference of what harness i use um which i'll go over in the next segment but like i really am not offended by most harnesses (laughs) so it's it is i'm frustrated by certain harnesses but it is very also very frustrating to me that people are offended by certain harnesses (laughs) if i see one more fucking positive enforcement trainer Losing their goddamn marbles over front clip harnesses that damage the long term shoulder recog- like shoulder motions of your dog. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh my god. Um, I just I can't. So, front clip harnesses are basically no pull harnesses because the premise is that. If the dog is clipped on the chest, that it pivots back to you when it pulls instead of just continues to pull, uh, right? Well, and there there are some caveats to that. So um, I think that there are certain shapes of harnesses where that's not the case. Um, like the no-pull ones, I think, are the ones that just go straight across the chest because it restricts their shoulders a little bit. Um, but I think that if you just had a front clipping like Y-shaped harness, I don't think you would call that a no-pull harness because I don't think it stops them from pulling. Then why would it have the front clip? I don't know. For ease of something? I'm not sure. Hmm. Interesting. So that's what, I like I said, I'm not familiar with the, the shapes. I mean, obviously, I've seen all of those shapes. I just didn't know that, like, uh, the shape of a harness was a classification. I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, so as far as I know, all the fr- the whole point of a front clip is no pull. Um. So that kind of blows my mind that it's not. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Um, so black, blah, 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 this margarita is strong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
back clip harnesses or just your generic harness, um, usually like an H H shape harness, I guess, is like the more like generic one, right? That's like the typical nylon. They just step into it and you clip it on their back, right? Um, I think. I mean, I think X, Y, and H are all are all pretty common. Um, the ones that I have, I'm pretty sure, are Y harnesses, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm the the shapes mess me up. They make my brain short circuit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but a black a back clip harness is just like a, what normal people, like an average dog owner, would think of when they think harness, right? Like it just has a clip on the back, and that's what you walk them on. Right. A lot of for some reason the like. It's kind of like old dogs can't learn new tricks. Like, for some reason, people are ingrained that all harnesses stop pulling, which is sometimes oh, no, true. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> that was great. Um, I don't, like, literally everybody, I, I work part-time at a store that's inside of a shelter, uh, and every single big dog that pulls their owner comes in and is like oh i need to get a harness for him and then they grab this like back clip harness and i'm like well that's not gonna help you but have a good time (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and some and honestly to be fair anecdotally sometimes it does i have dogs that for whatever reason if i put them in a harness they do not pull Hmm. even if it's just a back clip i i have two of my pack walkers i bought them harnesses myself because they don't normally walk on harnesses and it's the only way that i cannot murder them on my pack walks <laughs> like oh, interesting it's it's very odd so it does depend on the dog i take that back there's three of them there's not two of them uh, <laughs> um so i mean it does depend on the dog some dogs do just if they're in a harness they just won't pull as much um but a lot of the times they will pull more because of opposition reflex i think that's what it's called yeah um so dogs are naturally if if you pull on them they're gonna pull back it's just like tug of war <laughs> well just like any creature like if someone just came yeah. and grabbed your arm would you just be like okay and like go with them or would <laughs> you go like that way <laughs> pull away <laughs> um but so i really want to talk about dual clips because i don't know much about them and they aggravate the living fuck out of me <laughs> why 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 do you need to clip it on both spots? So a dual clip harness, usually, I guess apparently they're side clip harnesses. I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> uh, usually a dual clip harness means that you have a leash. So like the freedom harness would be the best example uh, if you're a dog nerd and know what that means. Uh, <laughs> um, so a dual clip harness just means that your leash has two clips on it and one clips to the front clip, uh, the chest clip of a harness, and then the other side of the leash clips to the back clip of the harness Mm. so your dog's attached in two spots and i just i don't understand why so i remember (laughs) learning about these um in my class like forever ago i have never used one but um but the handle of the leash like slides along the leash yep um so it's supposed to do something with tension that is supposed to like I don't know, do something that we, we really went in deep on this podcast. You guys, we, we've researched so heavily and came up with so much good information for you. Um, honestly, we just don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> I just, it's so stupid. Like, I, I, I just, like the only thing I can think of it is that you're using the front clip if they're pulling and then you like adjust to the back if they're not pulling. But like, why? Just use the fucking front clip if they pull. Like, why do you need it clipped in both spots? 
I don't understand. Yeah, I don't fully understand it either. Because even as a tension, like, the tension is going to be on the front clip, so just use a fucking front clip. Like, right. and then also, like, when you, I don't know, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. If you love Freedom Harnesses, hit me up. Yeah, let, let us me know. know let me know because I don't understand. I've never used. Uh, I have clients that use them, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Ha- have a good time. I've like, never I'm seen s- one in real life. I just learned about it. In class. <laughs> That's funny. No, I have a client that uses it, and they love it. And I'm like, I don't understand it, but if you want, I mean, I'm going to teach you the same shit no matter what they're wearing. So <laughs> yeah, have a good time. <laughs> like, uh, I I just don't understand why. Just like to me, I just don't understand why you wouldn't just do a front clip. I don't. Maybe that's what protects their their shoulders. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Fucking crazy. We don't know. It's so stupid. You're inhibiting the shoulder motion. Uh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the sport or mush harnesses. I couldn't really find like an official name. I call. I've always called them pull harnesses. But when I Googled that, it was just a bunch of no pull harnesses. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> um, so I don't. I just called them sport harnesses, but I don't know what they're actually called. Um, but they are really fucking cool. And I've never used one. And I want to so bad. <laughs> Partially because they're pretty. Uh, <laughs> um, but so they like crosshatch all the way down the dog's back. And you so it's like a back clip, but it clips like almost down towards their butt. And they're they come different. So I've I saw when I was researching this, some clip like kind of towards the abdomen, like a little bit behind the shoulder blades, and then some go like literally all the way down to like their tailbone. Hmm. Uh, and I, I I'm assuming that has to do with like the amount of weight that they're pulling or what they're pulling. I don't I don't know. That's a total guess. Um, but they're fucking cool, and I want to try that. <laughs> so technically. Uh, if you like skateboard with your dog or rollerblade with their dog, um, they should be technically wearing a sport harness because it's the best for their uh, anatomy, I guess. Hmm. Um, so my dogs all have a chiropractor, <laughs> which people oh like God. to make they like to make fun of me about. Uh, and so technically, if they're doing heavy duty pulling, you want to disperse that weight throughout their whole body, not just have it be on their shoulders. Uh, so sport harnesses are designed for that, I believe. Mm. Um, plus there's just a lot more harness, so they're really cute. <laughs> they are cute. They I want so one official. So, I know. You look so fancy. And some, like, if you get the expensive ones, they're really fancy and cute. I saw a rainbow one and it's like super thick nylon. It's just, it's really attractive. <laughs> uh, um, I want one, but I don't have a dog that pulls. I always had dreams that Charlie would get one, but now he's too old. Uh, <laughs> anyways, moving on. I have a crush on sport harnesses. <laughs> there it is. Hi. Um, so to me, slip leads and easy walks are all martingale harnesses. Again, it's kind of I was sh- kind of shocked doing this episode how much of this shit does not have like a, a name or a designation. Like hmm. It's just whatever. So, like, I'm calling them martingale harnesses, and to me, that's anything like this. Anything that applies pressure as part of its mechanism, right? So, like, a martingale harness would be an easy walk, the slip lead harness. Uh, Sporn is a really big brand that does the tightening mechanism. And most of them, the easy walk, well, I guess the easy walk does. The easy walk's martingale mechanism is on the chest, so it's like a front clip martingale. 
Um, but the slip lead and the sporn harnesses, their martingale mechanism is on the back. Um, so I don't really know much about easy walks. I'm not sure what the designation is as far as why it's on the chest instead of the back, but, um, I mean, I could see it being more efficient as far as like, it's a correction mixed with the pivoting motion of like a front clip. Um, but the slip lead and the, um, sporn harnesses tighten around the abdomen so, I mean, it's the same, regardless of where it tightens, the the purpose is that it applies pressure when they pull and they don't like that pressure, so they stop, right? In, in theory. Um, in theory, <laughs> yeah, it depends on the, it definitely depends on the dog. Um, I use slip lead harnesses a shit ton um, because I have to hand dogs to fosters that have no skills and I need them and they don't like to use slip leads because they think it chokes the dog. Um, and so... Uh, they want to use a harness, but I also cannot have my aggressive dogs escaping, so I need them in a harness they cannot get out of. Ergo, slip lead harness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I, it's, I have some dogs that don't give a shit about it, but I have a lot of dogs that it really does help, and they don't pull as much, and it makes everybody's life easier. It is technically an aversive, obviously, because it applies pressure, and that's what makes them to stop. Yeah, basically, if your dog changes behavior without you working on it, you have probably used an aversive. <laughs> it's a good rule of thumb. <laughs> that's that's basically what it boils down to. So, not again, not to get off track, uh, I'm going to make Lily edit the fuck out of this episode. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so, one of my foster dogs, we just switched to a prong because uh, she had a meat. She gets very little interest. She's a pretty hard dog. Uh, and the one meat that she did had, she fucking sabotaged it by acting <laughs> like a fucking maniac. Uh, so I finally switched her to a prong because I've had her for like six months and I I don't have any issue with her, but I, I could say that about most dogs. So right. that, that doesn't necessarily help them get adapted. <laughs> yeah, most dogs are just not going to have an issue in your house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's not helping anybody, right? Like her rescue is essentially paying me for nothing at that point. Right. <laughs> um, so we switched her to a prong so that anybody could take her to a meet and greet and anybody can handle her, right? Like that's the whole reason that we did it. Uh, and literally the first day I took her out, I was like, this is honestly, this is fucking amazing. Like she was the type of dog that like could could borderline not leave the house before. Like she would just get, she would get so overstimulated and she had so much anxiety and she's a fucking, like, she's a big ass dog. Like, like, what are you supposed to, like, I can handle it to a degree, but even I was like, man, like you just can't, can't take her anywhere. Uh, but she's also like high energy and not athletic. So it's like, then she just terrorizes your fucking house if you don't take her out. Right. Anyway. Anyways. So I switched her to a prong. Uh, and I text her rescue, uh, and obviously I get permission before I try equipment on them. Uh, I don't just put their dogs in aversive and not ask. But <laughs> um, so I text them and ask if I could put her in a prong. They said yes. Blah blah blah. Uh, and I took her out the first time, and I was like, "This is fucking amazing!" Like we were able to do a full walk around the neighborhood. We passed people. We passed kids on scooters. Like it was it was great. <laughs> And I and I even said to her rescue, I was like, this is honestly the the beauty of aversives, which I know Lily is gonna hate that I just said that, but <laughs> <laughs> like that's the beauty of aversives is that they literally one, they literally have no choice, which isn't sound as positive as 
as I want it to. <laughs> it is not um, positive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, they literally have no choice. So, like, that's the beauty of them is that they can't fight you, right? Like, which is a negative thing, obviously. But, like, from our perspective of, like, this dog needs to get adopted and have a successful life, like, that's great. Because now I can hand that fucking dog to anybody and she's going to be fine. Whereas before it was like, yeah, only I can handle her. <laughs> but like long term, doesn't that cause problems? Because they're like, you know, they met the dog under these certain circumstances, but now the dog goes to live with them. Like, um, no, because we still do. I mean, it could depending on the person, but like we're very clear about uh, like she's going to have to do training, obviously, with whoever adopts her. It's not like we just pan- hand her over and are like, see ya, good luck. Right. Um. So one, they'll either have mandatory training or the option of free training. And obviously, we will tell them like, hey, if you don't use the prong, you're going to be fucked because that's that's the downfall of aversives is that as soon as you don't have them, they haven't learned anything. Right. Like, <laughs> they didn't learn anything. They just didn't have a choice. Right. Um, and so that's kind of, I mean, the positive and the negative of it is like one, now she can be handled by anybody and go to a lot of things and places that she couldn't go before. But the downside is we haven't changed anything, right? Like she doesn't feel necessarily any different. Um, and if without the prong, she will probably react the same. But I would also argue that obviously now she's getting out every day. So that in and of itself is kind of changing her overstimulation. Uh, but we would still more or less have to start over if we transitioned her out of the prong. Uh, and that would be the goal, obviously, is to transition her out of the prong. But again, I can transition her out of the prong right now. I'm not going to be able to translate that to whoever adopts her, right? Sure. Does that make sense? This was a longer tangent than I intended. Okay. I just wanted to talk. I just wanted to talk about how like the the good thing of aversives is that they take no work and get instant. Uh, results. And then that is something that I would label as like the bad thing about <laughs> aversives, <laughs> you know, is like they uh, they take no work, the dog has no options, and it just kind of ruins their whole entire life. Yeah, but they it kind of ruins their whole entire <laughs> life. That was very dramatic. Uh, but the alternative is she can't get adopted and she can't leave the house, right? I guess it it seems pretty six of one. To or me, I I have her for a year and then maybe I can translate it like. Right. Neither one of us is wrong. I want to be clear. But yeah, well, <laughs> there, there are a lot of situations that Laura and I talk about that are like, there's just not an ideal solution to this situation. And yeah, and she and I would pick different ways to go about it. But like none of the ways are ideal. And yeah. that's just kind of the way I it mean, is. I mean, if she got adopted by someone that fucking knew what was up and could handle her, I'd take the prong off tomorrow. Yeah. I Like, that's the goal, right? Like, I don't want her to be in a prong forever. But the reality is she's a pit bull with issues. And that person's probably not going to come along. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if every one of my dogs got adopted to a house like that, I wouldn't have a job. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, the reality is a normal dog owner is going to adopt her and they aren't going to know how to handle her without the prong, right? Like, could could they figure it out? Maybe. Would she potentially hurt someone in the meantime? 
probably. <laughs> and I'm and I mean she's not an aggressive dog even, but she's mouthy as fuck. And when she overstimulates, you literally cannot control her. Like even today, she was on her prong and she was on fucking fire. <laughs> uh, like she was scared of a. Um, Never mind. We, we, we've gotten so far <laughs> off track. Okay. Harnesses. Here we go. Uh, vest harnesses. I shockingly really like vest harnesses for small dogs. <laughs> uh, and I like them for big dogs that are trained, I guess. And a vest harness uh, is typically just um, a back clip harness, but it's just not yeah, one of the shapes. It's, it's just cloth. like a full, ve- a full vest. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I was trying to think of like the canine Julius harnesses. I don't know if those are considered vests. I think they are. Those, I'm pretty sure those are um, Y harnesses, the Y shaped ones. How is that a Y? It's like if you look at the whole harness, not just, just the front the ch- of it. Like it just goes across their chest, right? And then there's the harness that goes around the middle. Yeah, that oh, that's a Y. I'm pretty sure that's a Y shape harness. Interesting. Uh, it makes me feel really dumb that I can't recognize shapes in this way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's confusing for me because there are also harnesses where if you look at the dog head on, the chest part of it looks like a Y, and so in my mind, that's, that's what a I y was harness. thinking. Yeah, yeah, like I think the balance harness does that. Where the chest looks like a Y. So I thought that's what it was. And then I'm pretty sure that that is an H harness. Because if you look at the whole harness, there's the part that goes around yeah. the neck and then the part that goes around the torso. And that makes it like an H. Jesus Christ. I know. Anyway, it's too much. I'm, you're going to talk about the shapes. I'm still on vest <laughs> harnesses. <laughs> so the vest harnesses to me are like usually the cloth harnesses like Papilla or Frisco what's the has other really good ones. Go- Gooby. Yeah. Um, where it's just cloth, like it's super soft, it's super comfy, and it covers like their whole body, not their whole body, but like their whole chest, and it's just cloth. Right. Um, so it usually has armholes, um, and then usually has like a Velcro with a clip on the back, um, or double buckles or something, you know, they're all different, but, um, so the vest harnesses I do actually like, I like them a lot for puppies, like that's probably my go-to puppy harness. Me too. Um... And for tiny dogs, because they're kind of hard to get out of. Mm. So even for tiny dogs that are like skittish or an escape risk, uh, I still like them for that. Um, and little dogs, I just really don't like to touch their necks. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm terrified. I'm going to break them. <laughs> well, I, and I feel like it. It's just um, really good support that like maybe I'm not so worried about it for a bigger dog, but it's just like really good yeah. support of the whole chest for the for the little yep. dogs. Yep. Um. So even like Peter has one for um for hiking because it has like a lot of them will have a handle on the back. Yeah. Um. So Peter has one for hiking because it has a handle on the back so I can help him like up rocks and shit. Um. So yeah, I really like vest harnesses. Not necessarily for any sort of training. <laughs> <laughs> but I do really like them. And then you can do the letters because I I don't I can't even recognize which ones are which. Yeah, you know what, guys, just Google the letters, okay? I <laughs> I can't do it right now. She, um, she's not doing it either. I'm not doing. She's it. She's on drugs. Um, but she's I will drugs. say that I hate head halters, and I don't want you to get one. So don't go get one. Um. So I will say I didn't know you were really just gonna skip all of the letters. <laughs> um. 
So, like I said, I can't recognize them. I couldn't tell you. Like, an H harness I know is, like, a generic, like, dollar store nylon harness is an H harness. Okay. I'm okay. Here. I'll just I'm- do it. I'll just fucking do it. Okay. So, an H harness <laughs> an H harness will be one of the ones that um, that has an adjustable ring that goes around the neck and a, an adjustable ring that goes around the torso also. And then it, those two rings are kind of connected. And so, that would be, like, your balance harness um, is an H harness. Um, the like that blows my mind. I didn't realize that was an H harness. Yeah, and then and let's just be clear that I'm like ninety percent sure, not a hundred. Um, <laughs> and then Y harnesses, I'm pretty sure, are the ones that you see on service dogs that are like it's um a ring that goes around the chest area, but then just um just like a loop that kind of comes across the front of the chest. Um, and then X harnesses would be your more classic like step into harness. I'm pretty sure. Oh, so the vest harnesses are, oh man, I just Googled Y harness and it looks like an H harness to me. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> if somebody understands the letters, please tell us. <laughs> oh my God, this is such a shit show already. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, But I will say my chiropractor. <laughs> uh, um. I guess the certain shapes are like based in, in what is better like anatomically for them as far as like putting pressure on their shoulders and stuff like that. Which one's what? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the design of them, like I, th- I want to say, and I'm not sure. I will ask her next time I'm there. But I want to say she recommended Y-shaped harnesses as far as, like, not fucking up their alignment. Got it. Um, I, Again, I could be wrong on that. But I think that is the point of the different styles or shapes or letters um, is, like, where they put pressure anatomically. I don't know. If you know, please tell us. <laughs> <laughs> How do you learn these things? I, mean, I feel like we tried, like we Googled, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Which, yeah. We'll see. I thought I'm going to make some social media posts about this. <laughs> uh, head halters. Lily hates them. Don't get them. Don't do it's, it. Head halters is really interesting to me. I just put my very first client in one. Why? Uh, because he's reactive and we don't want to do the work. Uh. <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, and it, it worked. <laughs> um, my, my, <laughs> my thing with head halters is that they should always have a backup collar mm. that is also attached because they are easy as fuck to get out of. For the love of God, have it connected to something else. Because especially if you're using it for like an aggressive or reactive. Because like a lot of people use it. In, like, lieu of a muzzle, too? Which I'm like... <gasps> really? Yeah, like, reactive dog. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> There's a reactive dog. Yeah. Amen. Your dog could bite you right through that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, like, there's a reactive dog on... I guess not if you're holding it shut. I don't know. There's a reactive dog on Instagram that's super popular. And I really like her stuff. But, like, he was wearing a gentle leader, but it's not connected to anything. And I was like, what? Why? And she was like, oh, it's a makeshift muzzle if we get bum-rushed by an off-leash dog. And I was like, I mean, if he's that bad, just have him wear a fucking muzzle? I don't know. Right. <laughs> that was weird to me. But anyways, 
Um, always, always, always have a backup caller. And that goes, actually, I didn't say it, but for prongs as well, prong callers pop the fuck off all the time. <laughs> and generally, if your dog's on a prong collar, it's usually not very well socialized. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so prong collars and head halters always, always, always have to have backup callers uh, because they come off frequently and if your dog is wearing either they probably have some sort of an issue <laughs> well and so my thing about head halters is like you know obviously i'm not going to use it the, the way that you use it because we're just different that way but like the thing about head halters for me is that the the time that i've seen people buy them is as a no pull tool and like, oh yeah, that's what they're marketed as. Well, that's 100% what they're marketed as. That's just, that blows my mind. Okay, if you are going to get a no-pull tool, get just a no-pull harness or a prong, like a prong collar. I don't give a shit. But like, like they, the people just buy it and put it on their dog and don't teach their dog how to walk on it. Like you're going to snap its yeah. head off. Yeah. That's my, that's one of my big things that I really don't like it. And the one client that I did just put in it, I gave her a very lengthy lecture yeah. <laughs> about like, be fucking careful yeah you have to be extremely gentle hence gentle leader (laughs) Uh, you have to be extremely gentle like you cannot yank on it at all like you could do some serious chiropractic damage in that shit like they're, they're terrifying to me in that regard of like you could really fuck up your dog's whole spine. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, you can do in a lot of things. But, like, to me, that's a lot of, like, you're just twerking their fucking nose away from the rest of their body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are terrifying in that regard, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, it's yeah, just, it's, always. It's weird to me that they're so easily accessible and, like, require no So training. popular. Yeah. So popular. But, I mean, honestly, we could say the same thing about, like, prongs and e-collars, right? We definitely could. We definitely could. It's just, to me, the head halters seem so much more anatomically damaging. Right. Like, an an e-collar can burn you. A prong collar can stab you. Like, I get it. Obviously, those are very damaging as well. But to fuck up their spine? (laughs) Yeah. It is. It's different. Like, it's totally different. I don't know. It scares the shit out of me. (laughs) Um... But yeah, I've I've used them a little bit, not a ton. Um, my biggest complaint is uh, anatomically and the ease at which they can be escaped. Um, but again, same as all aversives, uh, which that one's generally not classified as an aversive, and I not really sure why like it seems kind of aversive to me yeah (laughs) they can't they can't move their fucking face (laughs) we'll go back to our rule of thumb which is if you're putting something on your dog and not doing any work and it changes their behavior you know what that means (laughs) uh but you know what's interesting is that like that's what sophia yen is using in all of her i was shocked to see that that's what she's using in a lot of her videos Hmm. i was looking i was watching i think it was a reactive dog video and it was in a gentle leader, and she was, I mean, she's Sophia Yin. I'm not talking shit, but, like, <laughs> she, she was yanking the fuck out of this dog. <laughs> not any more or less than I do, but, like, I, I wouldn't yank a dog like that in gentle leader. Like, that's his fucking face. <laughs> yeah. I would yank a dog like that in a martingale, but <laughs> <laughs> which arguably is also its throat, but, like. <laughs> 
It's, I don't know. I was I a lot of positive uh, force free trainers use it, and to me, it, it's an aversive. And yeah. I, I mean, I I use aversive, so I'm not saying that in a negative thing. It's just confusing to me that that is seen as a positive tool when it's it seems it's to me it seems more equal to a prong collar than anything else. Anyways. What were we talking about? <laughs> well, we should start talking about leashes because we've been recording for over an hour and we're not even done with this first segment. It's fine. <laughs> uh, head halters. I think we're done on that. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> just don't. I mean, just be careful and use a backup collar. Uh, <laughs> leashes. Um, so there is a generic collar, which is usually either four feet or six feet long, and that's just a nylon leash with a handle at the end. Uh, there's a slip lead, which is a tightening, it's basically a rope, uh, and you slip it over their head, so it's a collar and leash in one, and it tightens if they pull or try to escape. Um, long lines are my favorite, and I love them. They're just really long leashes. (laughs) Yep. Uh, they usually come in 15 feet, 20, 30, or 50 feet. I know you think you want the 50 foot, but it's too fucking long. Don't do it. <laughs> um, uh, I do have the 50 foot, and I use it for oh, my very specific situation, yes. which is that I am contractually obligated to not let Indy off leash because I don't have a fence. Um, so I just have my 50 foot leash, and she can run around. But I have two acres of property. Like, you don't need a 50 foot leash for a walk. <laughs> Um, I have a 50 foot leash to hike Charlie because he's a fucking mountain goat and he scales <laughs> mountains while I stand at the bottom and wait for him to be done. Um, so there is a time and a place for it. But if you're just getting a long line and you're like, oh, I need as much space as I can. No, you yeah. will get tangled. You will fucking hate it. And it will yep. live in your storage closet for the rest of your life. Don't do it. <laughs> yep. Um, anyways, uh, retractable leashes or flexi leads, which is another one of those, like your marketing is so fucking good. That's what the genre is called now right. flexi is a brand <laughs> um, but find me a person that does not call them flexi leads um, and tab leashes I love them they're just like uh, they're usually like six inches it's a leash that can you can just kind of keep on their collar and it's just a like a six inch tab so like if you have a dog that's in training and you obviously aren't going to keep a dragon leash on them at all times you can put a tab leash on them and then that way they can wear it all the time. It doesn't get stuck on anything. It doesn't bother anybody. But if you need to grab them, you have that six inch, six inch little tab leash that you can grab real quick instead of their collar. Uh, and then I put a tie out on here. A tie out is um, I don't I don't know what to call it other than a tie out. Uh, it's basically <laughs> like if you're hiking or not hiking, camping, uh, and you don't want your dog to be off leash. Uh, there's usually like a metal corkscrew type thing that goes into the ground and it's usually a red it's usually a red plastic covering over a cable uh and it's i think they're usually like 20 or 30 feet um but yeah it's a tie out i don't know if it's classified as a leash but we're classifying it as a leash there it is (laughs) all right slip leads go you used to use them now you don't yeah so tell me tell me um, all about it (laughs) So I used to use them for all leash training just because that's how I learned um, because Laura taught me like everything I know when I first started um, and she uses slip leads. Um, I don't use them anymore um, just because they tighten and I don't feel the need to do that. However, 
Um, I haven't had a client in a long time that was like a risk of, um, you know, getting off leash and hurting someone. And if that was the case, I would use that as a backup 100% um, because, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry, of course. Um, But typically I don't use them. Sometimes I'll use them around my house. Um, Like if I need to get Mooney into the bathroom to take a bath, I'll just kind of throw it over him and take him into the bathroom so I don't have to harness him all the way up and then unharness him in the bathtub but generally i don't use my slip lead slip leads i love them they're my favorite um they're super easy is my number one thing i don't need to worry about the collar and if they're wearing one or if it's a martingale or if it's fitted appropriately or nine times out of ten i'm handling dogs that i don't know at all Right. <laughs> and, th- and then I don't have to worry about it uh, because I know they can't get out and I know they can't attack me. So, <laughs> I mean, they could probably still attack me, but you can usually. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I use them a lot also as like, a, I guess, an aversive to correct dogs that are reactive. Um, which you can do with a martingale as well, but, uh, usually dogs don't respond quite as much. Uh, I've used, I've been using them a lot less, but, uh, I still use them quite a bit because like I said, a lot of the times I'm using dogs that I don't know, or I'm handling dogs that I don't know. Uh, and if you're going to hand me a dog, I don't know, I'm going to put a slip lead on them every single time because it's very versatile and it keeps me safe and it keeps everybody else safe. Yeah. <laughs> That that is like in my opinion that would be like the big pro of the slip lead is like it is virtually un un unescapable like yeah they can't and get it, out of my it. my only fear and this is very telling as to how neurotic I am my only my only fear with the slip lead is that I prefer the thin ones and a big dog could bite through that in one snap for sure yeah ne- never had it happen. I don't think I've ever even heard of it happening, but this is how my mind works. Sure. <laughs> I'm like, I need to know what could possibly go wrong. Uh, and that's the scenario I created. Uh, <laughs> they could bite through it. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, and that's, I think that's mostly also just my shelter background. 98% of shelters use slip leads for that exact reason because they're very convenient. You don't have to worry about it. You can handle dogs you don't know. Uh, so I love slip leads. I am trying to use them a lot less uh, because really, I mean, as a like a tool for like leash training or anything like that, they're, they're kind of shitty. I don't, I don't really like them for a training aspect, but as a handling aspect, they're very useful. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But yeah, as, as a training aspect, and I will say that if, if the dog is leash trained, it's not really an aversive. I mean. <laughs> Right. Well, if your dog is leash trained, you can walk it on pretty much anything and hopefully nothing will be hurting them. But like, then why, you know, but then why? Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) Can I just say that I fucking hate four foot leashes? (laughs) I don't know what, like, are you just so fucking lazy that you can't crawl up a six foot leash? (laughs) Like, I don't understand. Just hold it. Like, you can touch the middle of the leash. I don't know if you guys knew that. You 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 can touch things that aren't the handle. Why? Why do they exist? I hate them. I hate them so much. We sell them at the store that I work at, and every day it bothers me. <laughs> every single time I go to work, I'm like, "Fuck you, four foot leash." 
<laughs> They're just so stupid. I don't have quite the vendetta against four-foot leashes I do. as as Laura does. Um I do use six foot leashes, but I don't I'm not offended by four foot leashes. <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, <laughs> so stupid. Uh, I think that's just because, like, uh, the trainer that trained me, Danny Chavez, uh, he's very big on, like, you should be, he he calls it dancing with the leash all the time, where you're constantly moving your hand up and down the leash all mm-hmm. the time, uh, which is very much what I do. And I just, like, your your dog has however many feet you give it. Why wouldn't you want to have all that option instead of taking two feet away? It's just so fucking dumb. Anyway. <laughs> so the next we have uh, long lines. Um, I love to use long lines for recall training. And I'll, I wrote it to, to talk about in the next segment, so I won't go too deep into it. But I love a long line. I think everyone should have one. I agree. They're my favorite. Uh, the dog that we were talking about earlier in the prong collar. Uh, with issues, I have her on a prong collar and a 15-foot leash, and it is my favorite combination that I've had in a that long time. That is hysterical to me. Like, that, <laughs> no. like does and that, I like, know- render the prong totally useless? No, because I'm not using the prong to keep her in a heel. But, like, like you if you're- can't pop it, can you? No, but I don't pop it anyways, oh, that's remember? Right. That's I right. just use it for pressure. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, the, like, natural... Uh, what the prong is meant for. Yeah, that's a dumb comment. And, and it, it's arguably dumb anyways, but it's just the way that I handle dogs. Uh, <laughs> um, because I do, and I do make fun of people that have uh, dogs on a prong with a retractable leash because that shit cracks me <laughs> the fuck up. That is hysterical. Um, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? You can't, you can't even do pressure on that. Like, what? <laughs> anyways. Uh, but yeah, because I can let her go and have free time and work on her recall. Because I don't know, I, I could give a fuck about her leash skills. I don't care if she's in a heel. I don't really care about any of that. But I, it gives me the option of putting her in a heel if I need to. And it gives me the option of giving her free time. And I just love it so much. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm just saying I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, flexi leads, retractable leashes. I don't recommend that you have one. I would just say if you want more space for your dog, just get a nice 15-foot leash. Um, retractable leashes. Or any like, size long line. Yeah. yeah, but retractable leashes are just so um, breakable and precarious. I just wouldn't do it. That's the – that's so I just recently switched Peter to a retractable leash uh, when we're hiking, not when we're walking at, like, parks or neighborhoods. Right. Um, and I think that's just because I was lazy and I didn't want to fuck with a long line and – Peter doesn't need it. Hello, ma'am. So I will say I do use them sometimes for hiking. But honestly, even in hiking, they're kind of a pain in the ass. Hmm. Unless you just have one dog. Like I brought it uh, We for Peter's birthday. Uh, we took his best friend hiking with him. And so I had two dogs and I put them both in retractable leashes. And no, I couldn't yeah, do it. It was, oh much. my God. <laughs> but if it's just Peter on a retractable, then it's great. Um, but safety wise i would rather have a long line i just am not worried about peter's safety right yeah <laughs> he's he's off leash a lot of the time uh, <laughs> um yeah so my big thing with flexi lines or retractable lines is uh just safety 
I like for little dogs again, not as worried, but 90% of little dogs on retractables are dicks and shouldn't be on them. Um, if your dog has any sort of issues, whether it be pulling or reactivity and it's on a, a retractable, you're an asshole. <laughs> you are an asshole. I don't care if you keep it at six feet. You obviously don't, or you wouldn't fucking have it. Um, anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think the, like, my big issue with retractable leeches, besides the fact that they're just precarious, like, if you have a big dog who's going to run to the end of it, like, they could just snap yeah. it right out. Um, and to be fair, same could be said for long lines. Like, you can snap a long line. It's that's, not that's easy. true. But, like, you you at least have your anchor, you know, like, your hand yeah. on the long line. Yeah. But, for sure. But then my other issue with it is, like, just socially, it... It kind of makes it acceptable in people's minds to just let their dog walk up to you um, because they have the space to do it. And so that's the big reason that I really don't like retractable leashes. Yeah. But. My big thing is just safety, uh, especially on big dogs. No, just don't do it. If your dog is over 40 pounds, please don't put it on a flexi leash. <laughs> just, it's terrifying. Uh, don't do it. I think that's all I have to say about flexi leads. Cool. And then tab leash, you said you kind of use it um, as a dragging leash substitute. Yeah. Tab leashes, I don't use them very often. I need to get back into it. But they're really great. Like, uh, maybe not for puppies because puppies might chew it off. But anytime that your dog is working on, like, basic obedience or manners around the house. Um, so the way that I do stuff like that, um, like, maybe if your dog is rude with visitors... Uh, we're going to work on the basic obedience of it. But the reality is, in the meantime, they're going to have access to that visitor and they might go jump or they might do something. So instead of grabbing their collar or keeping a dragon leash on them all the time, you can just have the tab leash. And then if you need to go grab them, you're grabbing a leash instead of their collar. And you can get like, to me, that's more like of a, a training mode, I guess. Sure. Uh, without the cumber like i have a client right now that has toddlers and we have him on a drag her dog on a dragging leash. And it's like, the baby is constantly grabbing the fucking leash and dragging the dog around. And it's like, it's a, it's a fucking shit show. And I actually can't use a tab leash there because he's a tiny little dachshund. And I'm like, well, you would have to bend yourself in half to get the tab leash. Right. <laughs> so th it doesn't work in that regard. But like normally if it was a big dog, a tab leash would be perfect for him because he barks at everything. So when he barks, she tries to recall him. If he doesn't recall, she has to physically go get involved. And by that, we usually just mean leash him up and redirect him. Yeah. Um. So the tab leash is perfect for that. Uh, but it definitely has its pitfalls as far as like doesn't really work for small dogs and stuff like that. And I would like to use it for puppies and like jumping and stuff. But puppies will probably be able to reach it and chew it off. <laughs> Yeah, well, and then that kind of gets into the the thing you were saying about dachshunds too. Like that just is, seems like it would be a lot of bending over. I like the dragon yeah. leash for the puppies because I can step on it. Um, yeah. But like I couldn't step on a tab leash. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, although, again, tangent. Um, I've seen a lot of videos lately in like the the outrage of Instagram and Facebook of uh, trainers stepping on dogs' leashes to keep them in like downstays. Mm. Isn't that a Brandon McMillan thing? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. I know his name from you, but I don't know anything about any of that. Um, I try to avoid other trainers as a whole because <laughs> I, I just can't. Um, but I've seen like a couple outrage videos that are like, can you believe she does this? You need to murder her. Uh, <laughs> Reasonable. And then a, a couple. Yeah. I mean, you know how, how the zealots are. 
Um, and then a couple of like just dog training videos on Instagram that are like, oh yeah, you stand on his leash and then he can't get up. And I'm like, oh, oh, but good thing you're not using an aversive. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just so stupid. Uh, but yeah, they like will put their dog in a downstay and then stand on the leash so that he literally can't move his head up. And I'm like, I mean, one, he just doesn't know a downstay. What a well behaved <laughs> like, dog. Like, like, is that the problem? <laughs> It's weird. Oh. Um, yeah, my anyways. dog, they never chew any of my furniture when they're crated. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> they're just like so well behaved. It's very weird <laughs> to me. Uh, yeah, leashes though. Great. So there's that. <laughs> um, and then tie outs. I mean, I would really only recommend them like if you're camping or something and your dog yeah. can't be trusted off leash. Or yeah. maybe if you ha- like hang out in your garage and your front yard is safe, but even that makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I think um, a tie out would be a good option for for any time that you you know need to have your dog outside and it's an unfenced area or whatever. I think that's a good option. My thing that I would say is like like if you have um, an unfenced yard or something, I wouldn't just leave your dog on a tie out in substitute of like putting them out in a fenced yard and then like go inside and not supervise them. Um, that makes me a little nervous, but I think that it's a good option for supervising your dog in a, an unfenced area. Yeah, for sure. Tie outs get a really bad name. I feel like a lot of people are super against them because it's like, Oh, you leave your dog outside. And that's, that's not what they're meant for. (laughs) (laughs) Calm the fuck down. My next favorite topic is muzzles. I love them. I love them so much. They're my favorite. But I hate nylon muscles. Don't use them. I agree. <laughs> I agree with they're, that assessment. Unless, you, unless you're doing a nail trim, they're fucking useless. <laughs> and even then, I would kind of also argue that they're useless. But, um, literally, your dog should not be wearing a nylon muzzle for more than 15 minutes. So what the fuck does your dog need a muzzle for in under 15 minutes? <laughs> Right. They're fucking stupid. I hate them. Burn them with fire. So, um, so for our listeners who just may not know, a nylon muzzle oh, is yeah, going sorry. to Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot the whole, the whole point of this is that we're telling people what these things are. <laughs> we're not just chatting right. about muzzles. Right. Um, so a nylon muzzle is going to be a muzzle that clamps your dog's mouth shut. Um, and a basket muzzle is just going to be a barrier between your dog's mouth and you. Um, and so they can't bite you or harm you, but they can breathe and drink water and pant and all that good stuff. Uh, that's really interesting. I never thought about it in that way where like a nylon would be kind of an aversive and a basket would be p- more positive. That never occurred to me. Hmm. I just think nylon muzzles are fucking dumb. Uh- <laughs> Whiskey agrees. She stomped her foot and everything. Oh, um, she's a cute dog, but she looks like a handful. She's actually not. I mean, I, I mean, maybe she is. I don't know. <laughs> she's like all over your your grill right now. Um, she's very clingy. But to be fair, she was an outside dog before, so she's like, oh wait, oh. I just have access to people all the time. That's pretty. This cute. is amazing. Anyways, um, so yeah, nylon muzzles. Really, the only thing that they're good for. Um, is like quick vet visits or nail trims. That's about it because your dog can't pant. Pant? Mm-hmm. Pant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's not safe for them to be in it longer than like 15, 20 minutes maybe. 
basket muzzles are the fucking best because your dog can't bite people things or stuff. <laughs> but they can still eat snacks and drink water. Yeah. So like why would why wouldn't you use that? Right. <laughs> um basket muzzles do come in quite a variety. Um I tend to use the Baskervilles, which is like a hard rubber. That's funny. Uh, but too. they do come in metal or leather or um biothane, which is fancy and I want one. Uh, <laughs> um so yeah, they come in a lot of different options. The Bumas, B-U-M-A-S, they're custom muzzles made out of biothane and they're, they're fucking so amazing. Oh, because they're all custom and it's- I want a, I want a pretty oh, one. Oh, God. Yeah. I want one for- I've wanted one for Charlie most of his life, but they're like $130 and I just don't have that kind of disposable income. <laughs> Anyways- uh, yeah, if your dog needs a muzzle for anything, I would lean towards a basket muzzle. Um, and same as everything else, you can't just put it on your dog. Yeah. You need to train them. <laughs> you need to train them that the, the muzzle is a positive thing. Most people whose dogs wear muzzles are not actually muzzle trained. <laughs> and they just, because to them it's a negative thing. And so they're like, oh, it's just a negative thing. That's just what it is. And it's like, no, no. If your dog has to wear a muzzle in any sort of intervals, as far as like once a year when it goes to the vet, then they need to enjoy that once a year. <laughs> I'm lucky yep. in that my dog has to wear a muzzle all the time. <laughs> and so it's automatically <laughs> positive. <laughs> we have been recording for so long, so I'm just going to move us along. I was thinking... I was thinking that this this might be a good one to have like a two part episode. Like maybe I could um, release them two weeks in a row or something. Oh, that's a good um, idea. Because we've already been recording for an hour and forty minutes. <laughs> a lot of it's going to get edited out, and I don't want to do the rant, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, you don't want to do it? No, it's over. I can't write the rants ahead of time. Otherwise, by the time it comes, I'm like. Eh. Okay, we have to we have to do that. So we'll we'll just give each other the topic like, okay, tonight I want to get angry about vegan dog food. And then like, I'll just make you angry about it. And then you can just yell about well, it. Well, and it doesn't help because I made this what a week ago. And so ever since I've been getting advertisements for vegan dog food, and I've just gotten desensitized. I'm, I'm efficiently des- desensitized to vegan dog food now. Anyways, rewards. Rewards. I don't know how this got labeled rewards. I did it. I just, I didn't know what else to call this section. Oh, I was like, how's a vest a reward? <laughs> well, I thought a training vest would be like, I, I didn't know what it was, but I thought it was like a vest that you hold your tools in, but. Yeah, it's the same thing as a treat pouch. Yeah. yeah so oh, that, okay. So that's I guess I see it. Yeah. Um, okay. I was going to call it positive reinforcement, but it, it was like other things also fit in that category. So it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. To do that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, rewards. So, treats and a treat pouch um, and a training vest, which I had have not heard of, but it sounds interesting. What's a treat pouch? <laughs> a treat pouch is a pouch that holds your treats. Oh. <laughs> so, now you it's, know. It's, it's a fanny pack is what it is. <laughs> it is. It's a fanny pack that you have designated to be stinky all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh-huh. Um, then we've got clickers, toys, attention, and squeeze treats. That's what I put all in the reward section. 
So that's really interesting. What? That's really interesting. I didn't think about like putting. Um, I mean, I didn't think about it in a reward section at all. But like having attention in there is, yeah, it is training equipment, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Well, and I put that in in the next segment when I talk about like my favorite things. I'm like, you know, a lot of it is just identifying whatever the Me! dog wants. <laughs> And a lot of the time, the dog just wants attention, and you can just kind of use that. Um, yeah. So it's like it's not a situation where you're like, well, treats would work better, but I don't want to give my dog treats, so I'll just give them attention. It's like your dog sometimes really does want your attention, and then it's yeah. a valuable training tool. So we don't need to go into this too much because they're all pretty self-explanatory, but I will just explain what a clicker is because um, – it's becoming more popular and people don't really know how to use them. Um, so clickers, the first thing that you do with a clicker is you teach the dog that a click means a treat. And so um, Laura is getting assaulted right now. <laughs> I really hope I really hope that Audacity is picking up her licking the microphone. <laughs> that would that would be the best uh, sound grab that we've ever gotten. <laughs> I, I am getting, like, those, like, licking noises when she's on your yeah. face. <laughs> oh. For the record, I don't let dogs kiss my face. <laughs> she's licking the air close to my face. <laughs> I think that's gross. Um, so the clicker, it you teach your dog that a click means that a treat is coming. And so then, essentially, um, it just makes it easier to mark exactly when a dog has done something without necessarily having a treat ready to go right away. So that's what a clicker is. Did I explain that well? Do people get it, do you think? I mean, I hate clickers, so I stopped listening, I'll be honest. You hate clickers? Why? <laughs> oh, I fucking hate them. They're so stupid. What a waste of time. Why? I just, it's just stupid. Why? 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 To mark behaviors. <laughs> you don't have a voice? You do. But, like, a clicker's a good sound to do. With. You just need, you just like to carry extra things? <laughs> <laughs> I just like to have as many things in my hands as possible. They're good tools. Um, and yeah, that is okay. what they are. You don't even use one. You use your voice. Yeah, and I talk about that in the next segment. But I use clicker training. I just don't use a clicker. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> the tool itself is dumb. You don't need it. I I agree that you don't need it, but... You can you can use one. Oh, I and mean, then I guess another thing that I should explain that I wrote down is squeeze treats. So I have never actually used squeeze treats, but I really I've always wanted to. I just like haven't done it. Um, but they look really handy for like um, doing leash work and heel work and stuff because you can just kind of like squeeze it out of a tube as you walk rather than like dipping your hand in over and over and whatever. So I'm interested in getting something like that but it just seems like kind of a hassle so i haven't done it the just to be really clear the training vest is basically like cargo pants as a vest <laughs> it's just a vest <laughs> with a fuck ton of pockets um and it's used mostly for like working dogs because they have a lot of equipment uh <laughs> so to be clear the human is wearing the vest not the dog right um <laughs> So, like, I've seen it a lot with, like, fly ball dogs where you have to have, like, balls and treats and, I don't know, whatever other things that they need. Uh, <laughs> um, and then squeeze treats, I did do, I made them uh, and bought the pouches and everything. Uh, and I liked it, but you're right, it was just kind of like, it's kind of like the clicker where it's like, this is this is kind of a pain in the ass to just have, like, an extra thing in my hands. It seems hard to clean, too. <laughs> 
Oh my god, don't even get me started. I liked it just as like a treat thing. Um, just like normal, like basic obedience. It was nicer than having to reach my hand in every time, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't train leash work that way, but I could see it being really convenient if you do. Yeah, because especially Cause, if you do it, it would be more, yeah, it would be more immediate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't train heel work that way, but, uh, if you did, I could definitely see that being fucking awesome. So yeah, I like squeeze treats. I just don't use them for that, but yeah, it was kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> So that was a pretty self-explanatory segment. So um, other equipment for training that exists is like sports equipment. So like for agility or um, balance, I've seen a lot of people doing like, you know, those, it's kind of like uneven, a balancey thing and that it helps. Uh, yeah. They're like a uh, little um, rubber steps, I guess you would call them, but they usually come in fun little shapes. Yeah. Uh, or rubber balls. Yeah. The core workout of dogs. Yes, exactly. And then there's like gun dog training, Laura mentioned fly ball training. So there's a bunch of equipment for like all these different kinds of sports that neither of us do. So yeah, we, we can't ain't. like talk about that, but they exist. I ain't got nothing on that. They exist. So then we'll move into other. Um, so one of the things that I thought of was like a remote treat dispenser, which again, I've never used. And I actually don't like the idea of it very much. Um, but so I, stupid. I couldn't tell you why. I just like don't really like the idea of it. Let me tell you. And again, this isn't a good depiction. I'm not saying that they aren't useful in any regard. But the one and only way I have seen something like that used. So <laughs> I won't waste my time on background. Uh, but I used to work at a daycare and it was awful. And the, the trainers that were there were not certified or have any, this is a dog daycare. I thought you just meant a daycare. And I was like, that doesn't seem like the place for you. (laughs) I don't even think to add dog because why the fuck would I ever? Uh, (laughs) So I used to work at a doggy daycare and um the so they did daycare which fine anybody can run a daycare but they also offered boot camp and the two other quote-unquote trainers (laughs) um one was a stay-at-home mom that had no education experience or skill uh and the other one was an applebee's waitress that also had no education knowledge or skill um uh, and they used the remote treat dispenser in that they <laughs> would put it in a kennel with a dog and whenever it wasn't barking it would get treats. <laughs> I wish I could record Lily's face right now. It's <laughs> so good. Um so I mean at least I hate him for a reason. <laughs> That was worse I mean, than I thought you- it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is that if you can't physically reach your dog for a treat, it probably doesn't deserve a fucking treat. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, what are we doing? I, I haven't like thought deeply about why I don't like the idea of it. I just feel like I don't have, I really don't have control over what's happening. I think is like, <laughs> like I don't think it's- I can teach that way. So I will say that device that they were using wasn't a furbo. 
Uh, it was that was literally what it was designed for. Not the kennel necessarily, but it was literally designed so that your dog could get treated when you were at a distance, which is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. The furbo is designed that like you can give your dog a treat even when you're at work, which is like sure. a cute idea. Yeah, that is cute. I, I'm not hating on that. Yeah, like with this, I mean, our we did kind of talk about equipment that's not training equipment, but our episode is about training equipment. So yeah, as yeah. a treat dispenser to train from a distance doesn't doesn't jive with me. It doesn't feel like it would no. be helpful. No. So. Please don't. Um, Just no. <laughs> spray bottles and cans of pennies. So <laughs> that's, uh, those are the kinds of tools that you'll see by like either doggy daycare providers or trainers who are like, oh yeah, I'm not averse. I'm a positive trainer. But then they just shake cans of pennies. Um, that's not positive reinforcement. <laughs> you don't need that. No. No. Um so I I don't really use shake cans. Uh but I do recommend I don't okay. <laughs> I don't know how to say this. I don't generally recommend spray bottles. Um the only time I recommend spray bottles and I don't want to offend anyone if my clients are listening to this. <laughs> but the <laughs> uh the only time I recommend spray bottles is when it's kind of a lost cause and i don't want (laughs) to i don't want to say that like so i recommend it i can count on one hand the amount of times i've recommended spray bottles uh (laughs) i recommended spray bottles for a gaggle of small dogs that bark at everything and they're just never going to get the work they need to stop that behavior it's just not going to happen it's not a thing that is going to happen in their life um so for everybody's sanity, we are using spray bottles. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a legitimate excuse or a reason, but the reality is that's where we're at. Um, and then I do use spray bottles myself regularly in playgroup um, because it is the least invasive way for me to interrupt bad behavior without getting involved, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, it is still an aversive. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to play like it ain't an aversive. It is. But it's a way for me to let them work it out, but also stop the negative behavior that needs to be stopped, if that makes sense. Sure. So I do use it for that. I I see the point of shake cans. I've just never had them work, to be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the thing about shake cans is, like, your dog would really have to hate that noise in order for it to be aversive. So if your dog is, like, bomb-proof to noises, that's not going to help you. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I've, the shake can I've never found a, a practical use for. <laughs> like, spray bottles, I hate them in theory. Like, it sounds like a dumb fucking idea. I don't like the premise of it. But the reality is, like, it's a really easy interrupter. <laughs> I, I don't have to get up. Uh, and it works. <laughs> and then, honestly, I don't I don't fully know how dog whistles are intended to be used. But is it is it kind of just the same? I think as, it's like, a recall thing. Oh, OK. So it's not like supposed to be a, an aversive, like a corrector. No. OK. I, um, so there are aversives. There are um, anti-bark devices that use that same like high-pitched thing. And it is supposed to be an aversive, but I thought whistles were meant for recall. Oh, okay. Of like off leash. I could be wrong, but that's what I always thought they were. So chains, I just wanted you to put in here because 
<laughs> I don't even want to know what you're about to say. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, one of the shelters that I used to work at had a positive reinforcement behaviorist come in. Pro tip, she was not a behaviorist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, she volunteered at the shelter for free, which was very nice of her. <laughs> I like to think that you can tell how much I dislike people by how nice I am. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, at the time, we had a puppy, a behavior puppy, who was about three months old, and she already had a bite history. And I mean, she was a puppy, but she was sketch as fuck. And so one of her big triggers was restraints. So like if you held her at all, she would immediately flip her shit. And she was super reactive as well. So our our homework that this this trainer gave us for this puppy uh, was to do mandatory restraints for like set periods of time. Uh, where we like she hated being held and we would just hold her for like two minutes at a time and then let her go and then do it again. Uh, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, and then we had the just for the shelter as a whole. This was a very small shelter. It only had like three rooms and there were like four to six kennels in each room. Um, and uh, we had spray bottles in every room to stop them from barking in their kennels. Uh, which in that regard, spray bottles do not fucking work. <laughs> and, um, and then we also had shake cans for barking in the kennel. Um, and then the puppy that we were working with, anytime that she was reactive or got upset at somebody, because she, like I said, she was super sketch. So like people she didn't know, she would get really reactive and aggressive towards. Um, and so you could use a shake can. If a shake can didn't work, you would throw a giant chain on the ground towards her. Wouldn't actually touch her or get near her, but it was more aversive than the shake can and much more frightening for an already terrified puppy. (laughs) And this positive reinforcement trainer was just really effective. (laughs) I, and to be fair, I've never heard or seen that method since. Uh, But apparently if your dog is doing something you don't like, just throw a giant chain on the ground towards them. And that'll generally terrify the fuck out of them enough that they stop barking at whatever they're barking at. You heard it here. <laughs> Go I, buy a chain. <laughs> I don't even know like what to say yeah. about that. Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. And, and so this to me, um, we're going to just segue right into fucking bonkers right now because it's like <laughs> it's like the same thing where like if you see that happening i mean less you, physically abusive but you yeah. <laughs> don't need to know like you don't need to google it like is this a good training method like you should just be able to look well, at and that that's what's funny so this was like at the time i had only been involved in dogs for like a year maybe maybe two so i didn't know anything at this time but everybody at the shelter who had varying degrees of like experience and none of us knew training don't get us wrong uh, but every single one of us was like, this makes us very uncomfortable. <laughs> like, and I mean, you know me, I'm, I mean, I wasn't this person then, but like, I'm very open to other things. <laughs> like, I use prong collars. I'm not against aversives, but like, throwing a chain on the ground towards a dog is just not something that, that I'm ever going to think is effective in any way like so it's necessary at all like no matter how effective it is just just so many things just so many things 
<laughs> oh, bonkers. Um, <laughs> oh, also, boy. don't hit your dog in the face with a towel. Yeah. Um. So, yes, the chain is like, like I said, it's just a giant chain and it's just a loose chain. It's not like a circle or any. It's just a piece of chain that you would buy at Home Depot by the foot or something. Uh, bonkers are a rolled up towel that is duct tape to stay rolled up and you hit your dog in the face with it. Cheaper, easier to throw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dog whistles are just that. It's a whistle that you buy. It's very high pitched. <laughs> Nobody can hear it but your dog. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure other things can hear it, but I don't know. Potty pads. I didn't even think about potty pads. I fucking hate potty pads. I yeah. fucking hate them. So um, I get questions about potty pads a lot because, you know, people are in the um, bungee doodle family group and they see Jen's videos where, of course, she is using potty pads because she has all these little tiny itty bitty puppies and needs to save her floors. But then those people think that they also need to use those. And so then we kind of have to go over like, no, if you're potty training, you really should not have potty pads at all. Um, They're going to completely hinder what you're trying to do. (laughs) Literally my whole life I was trained that you train them to pee on the potty pads and then move the potty pads closer and closer to the back door. Really? Like that that is the potty training that I have been taught my entire life. Oh my god. From ver- from various sources. That's the whole principle behind them, I think. Wow. Is you teach them to pee on this target and then you move the target to outside. Okay, that's bananas to me. Yeah. Um there's so many better easier ways to do it. Just take your <laughs> fucking dog outside. <laughs> Uh, is that is that the better easier way? Take your dog outside. That is the better easier way. Yes. I just you can't see me, but I'm violently staring into the distance. <laughs> so, oh my god! So potty just pads, take you your dog you outside. Um, <laughs> um, and then crates and pens. I'm a huge advocate for crates and pens. I know Laura is. Um, at least for crates, I'm not sure how you feel about pens. Actually, I'm assuming that you like them, but I don't know. Um, and they're pretty self-explanatory, I think, but they're just a place so, that you put your dog. Pens are, pens are often called X-pens or puppy pens. Uh, it's basically just a, a gate that you connect together to make a giant circle or square. And it's the same, like, black wire that a lot of kennels are, are from that are, are made out of, that same, like, black wire material. Yeah. Um, so crates, obviously, I love... Although I will say I don't really like the plastic airline crates. And a lot of people use those in their house, which I don't understand. Huh. Um, I prefer the black wire or if you have a like separation anxiety or, or whatever problem dog, then a heavy duty kennel like an empire kennel. But yeah, I do like pens more to the point. I just don't like them if your intent is to control a large dog. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, like it's because not a good I safety measure, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, I think we finally made it through this segment <sighs> after two hours. Oh my God. So we are going to do something we've never done before, which is uh, chunk this episode up into two parts because we just couldn't shut the fuck up, and <laughs> and I don't feel like heavy... editing this down to an appropriate length. So it's a heavy, it's a heavy subject matter, <laughs> and is. that's why we've avoided it for so long because we've thought about the subject matter before. And the only reason we're doing it now is because I went on vacation, and my friends that listen to the podcast regularly were like, "You need to do equipment," and they convinced me. So there it is. Yeah. Um. So for our listeners, this is where part one is going to end, and uh, 
we'll be back in one week instead of two weeks with part two. Thanks for listening to Dogaritaville. Send us an email at dogaritaville at gmail.com. Or send us a DM on Instagram at dogaritaville. And let us know if there are any topics you'd like to see covered. Or if there are any margaritas you want us to try. And don't forget to leave us a review. Until next time, give your dog a treat from us.